Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're able to join us for this act of worship. St Bride's is famous for its ministry to journalists, and behind me here you can see our journalists' commemorative altar. We are aware as never before of the dangers that those in the industry face when bringing us the news. So our journalists and all who work in the media are very much in our thoughts and prayers at this time. However, we are, of course, here for all of you, journalists and everyone else. Do please leave us a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these services, uh, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. But now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time?
A very warm welcome to our choral Eucharist on this the ninth Sunday after Trinity. It's wonderful that you can join us. We begin now with an opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you. Pardon and deliver you from all your sins. Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness and keep you in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
Almighty God, who sent your Holy Spirit to be the life and light of your Church, open our hearts to the riches of your grace, that we may bring forth the fruit of the Spirit in love and joy and peace, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Am I a God nearby, says the Lord, and not a God far off? Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, says the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, says the Lord? I have heard what the prophets have said, who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long? Will the hearts of the prophets ever turn back those who prophesy lies and who prophesy the deceit of their own heart? They plan to make my people forget my name by their dreams that they tell one another, just as their ancestors forgot my name for Baal. Let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream, but let the one who has my word speak my word faithfully. What has straw in common with wheat? says the Lord. Is not my word like fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? This is the word of the Lord.
A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. By faith the people crossed the Red Sea, as if on dry land. But the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down, after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith Rahab the harlot did not perish with those who were disobedient, because she had given friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jether, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, received promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release, that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and scourging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering over deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though well attested by their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had foreseen something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of the Lord.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus said, I came to cast fire upon the earth, and would that it were already kindled. I have baptism to be baptised with, and how I am constrained until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From henceforth in one house there will be five divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against her mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. He also said to the multitudes, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you say at once, A shower is coming, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, There will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? This is the Gospel of the Lord. Father, would you put your words upon my lips? Amen. I wonder what kind of family you were brought up in. In our family, we very much disliked arguing over there for there to be any upheaval at all at home. The watchword was peacefulness. And this went right back to the roots of my father's childhood, where there was frequently conflict, and he very much didn't want this for his own family. He tried to iron out conflict by not allowing it to happen. On the one hand, there were many things to be said in praise of this. We did tend to have mainly very peaceful and stable times back at home. But the problem was that we couldn't have conflict at all. And so when there was a need for conflict, where there was a problem, it tended to get buried underground. Conflict banned goes underground and can make things go very sour. And that's one of the themes of the reading from today's Gospel of Luke. I want to begin, though, by thinking about what kind of faith Christianity actually is. G.K. Chesterton writes memorably about the faith in his book Orthodoxy. I know it doesn't sound a very exciting title, but it's an absolutely extraordinary book. He wrote Orthodoxy while recovering from a nervous breakdown as a result of family conflict. And he wrote it lying on a sofa and dictating it, almost in one go, to his secretary. This is probably why the book's a little disjointed, but it is absolutely full of gems. When he really hits his stride is when he talks about Christianity and its birth and what kind of religion it is. Chesterton calls Christianity a hot country religion and he points out that it was birthed in what we now call the Middle East and this was a society that did not shy away from strong opinions and strong expressions of opinions and conflict. 
They were part of the social mix. And we sometimes forget this when we try and smooth out the religion in a chillier, more northern European way. Chesterton says that Christianity is a religion painted in bold primary colours. It argues that it has strong emotion, contradictory thoughts and is full of passion. And if we try to make our Lord some kind of pale ethereal presence, we do him no service at all. So, let's look at the primary colours as they are painted today. The first theme is one that we're sometimes very uncomfortable with, which is judgment. We perhaps have an unbuilt suspicion of the whole idea of judgment, unless it's in a very specific area like a court of law. But the idea of judgment, and judgment upon ourselves and our everyday lives and our relations with other people, well, that seems harsh. But in the words of Jesus, we see judgment often, and it cannot be escaped. Yes, often that judgment is about the people of God, the big picture, the big picture of people, a people and a society that's gone astray and that will one day be called back into line. But there is also a personal dimension. The reading begins with a reference to fire upon the earth, and that fire was always associated in Jewish thought with the judgment of God. And I take from this that one day I will be account held accountable for my life. I will be asked by the source of all goodness and love and truth to explain why I lived as I did, why I handled my money as I handled it, why I dealt with people around me as I did. The good news, of course, is that the judge is our greatest friend and he knows us through and through, and that we, there is always the great gospel of grace and forgiveness. But I still think that one day we will need to explain our actions, and we'll all need to do that. And I think this is helpful because it helps us to be more mindful of our impact and our actions. So that's the first primary colour, confronting almost, judgment. The second one is the whole issue of suffering, maybe the greatest issue that we all face, certainly the greatest issue we face as Christians in terms of answering where is God all of this. None of us enjoy suffering, but it's part of every life, an inescapable part of the human condition, a brute fact, if you would like. Jesus talks in this reading about having to go through something that is almost unendurable. He says he's going to go through something, but only then will he emerge from his suffering able to change the world. Now some churches, I know, preach what's known as a health and wealth gospel. In other words, that if you believe in God, you become richer and healthier. But of course nothing could be further from the truth. The Gospel's emphasis on the suffering of God was almost obscene to the people who heard it. They expected a powerful, invincible warrior to sweep away the oppressors. But we hear in this reading Christ explaining that's not who God is or what God's about. Jesus is not the royal king that people expected. He has no army that he will call to help him. Instead, he just has himself, his compassion and his bravery, his suffering, and the ultimate redemption of all that suffering. That, I think, is something that is very, very strong. And we could unpick it, and we'll talk about it at length, I'm sure, over the years. So this gospel shows that the Christian faith doesn't dodge the hard stuff. It doesn't dodge the difficulties and the big questions 
like what is wrong with the world? What do we do about it? Of course, it's extraordinarily good news because it says there's a cure for what's wrong and that something that is joyous and beautiful bursts out from the cauldron of suffering and that in the end, all shall be well. And so, we start the final bold and primary colour of this short reading. Jesus explains that there is something about his ministry and his message that would lead to great contention, to arguing, which brings us back to where I began. It will create division, it will create argument, it will create conflict. And on the surface, surface, this is a hard message because we don't really want to hear it. We don't want conflict. We don't want families and groups fracturing or people to argue. But if we take life seriously, then we are needing to have grown-up discussions. And there will be tensions. And there are many issues in the church today that are causing just such tensions. Jesus says that he is a disruptor, that what he says will be so counterintuitive, so countercultural, that some people may find it very difficult to take. I don't know where you are with all of this, but I think I was up for being shaken up a bit when I became a Christian. So, now back to the Morris family and when we grew up. I remember one of the charming little innovations my father came up with. He decided to set up a family council. We would all sit down and go through all the different things that we thought were wrong and needed to be put right. My mum would act as the secretary and she kept the notes. And I found those notes in a little book at her house the other day. Yes, it was a lovely idea, but in fact, I think it was really a disaster. The minutes I saw outlined my parents listing all the many things that my brother and I were doing wrong. And then when it came to Andrew and I having to say something back, it looks like we couldn't think of anything. I don't denigrate my parents for trying or for their desire for peace. We all want peace. But this tough reading asks us, I think, to consider again whether the journey of faith is always going to be smooth. Strong primary colours, as Chesterton calls it. Strong meat at the heart of the faith. I think I can live with that. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, life from life, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of
of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Let us pray. At the end of each section of prayers, I will say, Lord, in your mercy, and we respond. Hear our prayer. Father, today we pray for our world, and especially for the people of Ukraine and Russia. We pray for the good-hearted citizens in each country, and we pray for an end to war. Father, we pray for Ukrainian infrastructure, for farmers and for all those who need to keep the country going. And we pray as well for journalists who are in that country and taking tremendous risks. Father, we pray for all parts of the world that are in crisis, where there is conflict and war and poverty. And we ask for you to bring forward people of good heart and talent to help make things better. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we are thankful for the beauty of creation, for the clouds and the trees and the grass and the birds. And we ask you to help us to be good stewards, to look after it and to keep it safe in the way that it keeps us safe. Help us to appreciate your work that is just a fingertip away from us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we pray for our country. We ask you to keep safe those who are feeling the heat, both physically and financially. We ask that there will be measures that will help people to relieve the distress of the cost of living crisis. We ask that you would support those working with young people in our communities, with vulnerable people, and for all those that are doing jobs that need to, help, need to happen in order to keep society running well. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we pray for those who are ill, infirm and lonely, and those who are known to us who we are worried about. Father, pour your healing balm upon them, put your arm around them, surround people with love and care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And finally, Lord, we pray for ourselves. Help us to live lives of purpose, lift us up, bring us peace, comfort us in our darker moments and allow us to see the joy and beauty of your presence in our lives and the lives of those whom we love. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He 
has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross, we meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. 
It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever.
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood. Who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith, receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts, by faith, with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to the Lord, but in the mercy of the Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in 
Let us pray. Holy Father, who gathered us here round the table of your Son to share this meal with the whole household of God, in that new world where you reveal the fullness of your peace, gather people of every race and language to share in the eternal banquet of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in the peace of God.